0: Welcome to Space Floor NBA podcast. My name is Connor Geelan, and I'm Connor Flattery. This is our 40th official episode. Today we're talking about award predictions, specifically MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, Sixth Man of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Basically, all of them except Executive of the Year. Yeah, because like, how are we supposed to like predict that when a lot of the moves that determine Executive of the Year happen at like the trade deadline? So we can't like predict mm-hmm. who's gonna trade for Bradley Beal or whatever. So I think we could just jump right into it. First of all, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the MVP. This is a this was a tough tough. I had a horrible to time doing yeah. this. Like I found this was every hard. every one of like these predictions was super fun to do, except for MVP because I was like, okay, there are six guys who I would like like to pick, but like I can't. Like I can I can I. I the way we structure this is we have like three finalists, including the, the one person that wins it, and it was just so not fun to like eliminate people.
1: I, th- I sort of had like the, the opposite problem where I was looking at the top of the NBA and I was like, okay, here are the best team is in the league. And so the MVP is going to come from one of the best five teams record-wise in each conference. It, they're also probably going to be in a team where they're the clear number one star. So it's like, for example, like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you're probably not going to have one of them winning MVP. So it's like... It just got really hard when it was like there are these teams that have two stars, so it's like you're left with only a handful of teams that could have an MVP on it, and then the rest of the guys are like, I don't even think that they're incompet- in-, in contention. So I ended up with like, here's my here's my one pick, here's my two, but this is a boring pick. Yeah, and yeah. three is like, I could like this could be anybody else in the league. Like, yeah, that's that's the main. So character. That, yeah. Um, right,
0: but start it off. Who's your pick? Okay, I was telling you before the episode my doubts, and I'll explain it to the the mic. My MVP is LeBron. My MVP is LeBron James. And I was telling him Mm -hmm. right before the podcast that either this guy is going to win it, he's going to come in first, or
1: he's not going to be in the top <laughs> four. I, I agree with that, honestly. Or he's yeah. not going to be in the top four. Yeah, I when you said that, you you said those exact words right before we hit record, and were I, you was like, was... I was like, no, I was like, I could I couldn't think of who you were going to say. Oh, really? Like, Who's going to either come in first? I guess you could say that about a lot of people, but for LeBron, I, I agree with you that it's very polarizing. Where like, yeah, either because you can see LeBron like having this like storyline season where he's the hero, where he wins his yeah. fifth MVP, and how that's like great for the NBA you could also see where, like, it's LeBron James. No one wants to see him win a fifth yeah. MVP, and the story's boring, right? And it all just becomes how does the media frame that and how well do the Lakers play. So I, 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 I guess I understand that and pick. The The way I think about this is I think the media, like, will
0: buy into the storyline. Mm-hmm. One, because it's L.A., a lot of people care. Two, because the media just absolutely killed lebron james and the lakers for not doing well last year not making the playoffs and the media does have a tendency to totally turn around in a second if something mm, changes so much that's why we're doing this (laughs) we're not them um and just overall i think that like there the window is totally open for lebron to have the storyline season the only thing that was like hmm, he might not be in the top five is two things First, if he doesn't try in the regular season, which I personally think he will, and he has said over the off season, and I know, like, tweets and LeBron interviews, like, of course he's going to say that. But, like, mm. a lot of it was kind of, like, preemptive, and, like, he said it himself without anyone asking. Yeah. So, that, that, that's valuable for me. Second reason why he might not win is because, obviously, Anthony Davis is on his team. That's, that's the biggest downfall of this pick in my opinion yeah and and so like one could argue that okay lebron's not going to average more than 25 points per game if anthony davis is on his Mm -hmm. team he might not even play the best on his team i would i would take the opposite stance i think that the kind of driving factor for me besides the narrative was that i think the lakers if, if you can go back two episodes two episodes ago go watch it where we talk about like the western conference predictions i had the lakers at number one
1: Yes, you did. I did not. I had them, like, like five.
0: Yeah, and if we look at last year, Giannis was probably the best player in the league doing a bunch of everything. Yeah. And being on the team with the best record. Mm. I think that LeBron could just do the exact same thing this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I understand where you're coming from in terms of that. Whereas, like, if the Lakers come out and they win a lot of games, everybody's getting excited about, like, the return of LeBron James, and he goes from not making the playoffs to being the one seed, and that would be, like this huge thing that the media could really buy into and LeBron could go from, like, super villain on the Heat to, like, hero again on the Lakers. The only problem that I can see with that is, like, LeBron James this year in the Lakers in the regular season might not be the best player on his own team. I think he will. I (laughs) still... I still... I have... I don't think that I'm ready to call Giannis, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Steph Curry, the best player in the world over LeBron James. I still got LeBron James at number one. Just because LeBron James didn't have a chance to prove himself last season in the playoffs when everybody else was, like, sneaking up. So I do do think that this has got to be a big statement year for LeBron James for the sake of his, like, the continuation of his career and, like, holding his spot as the best player in the world. He's got to come out and do some big things this year. That's Could he do that? that? Like, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, he's already sort of hinted at the fact that he thinks that he might sort of play the sidekick role and let Anthony Davis be the be the number one guy on the Lakers. Yeah, is LeBron, We've never seen LeBron James a sidekick before. It's usually LeBron James, and then he's got his number two in like I, I Kyrie Irving. I eventually. can't see him being. It's a sidekick. hard to picture. It's really hard to picture. But at the same time, when you've got like, how old is Anthony Davis? Twenty five. it's like 26 25 year old like monster in the paint who's like anthony davis maybe even more so than lebron is is like hungry for a championship hungry to like go out and win an mvp because he's been stuck in new orleans for the past all of his career (laughs) so like i can kind of see like anthony davis having like huge initiative to go out there and try to be maybe not the mvp but like He's already said that he's going for the Defensive Player of the Year. That he wants to be All NBA First Team. He all said this. He and wants that. LeBron to be on the defense team. So, yeah. Like, I kind of in my head right now, I'm kind of picturing this season Anthony Davis taking the initiative, and LeBron James being like along for the ride, being the primary ball handler for this Lakers team, where he's the one running the show. But it's like Anthony Davis who is is framed as the superstar. Mm-hmm. I could see that happening, but I, w- I would say
0: that with the addition of Anthony Davis, I just think LeBron could average ten assists this year.
1: Yeah, like yeah, I, I I think, that. I legitimately but, think. But he will in that average, case, I but in that he case, will average nine plus assists. But in that case, if he averages nine assists, doesn't that mean that his scoring is going to go down? Like, doesn't that mean he's going to have like a twenty-three point per game scoring year? Mm, I don't know. About if it's going to be me, I, I'm going to say that LeBron James is going to come out and average like twenty-seven, seven and eight, or something like that those i mean that's what he did last year yeah like um
0: but like if he does that and has the best record in the league i think that's M V C season if if he puts up
1: 25 five nine, what if what if he's averaging rebounds. 27 7 and 8 and anthony davis is averaging 30 10 and 3 like and, and yeah, then yeah. also and then also anthony davis puts on a defensive player of the year type campaign i don't know like i'm just saying that there's basically like Anthony Davis seems just as likely to win MVP this year to me right now as LeBron James does. And so, for that reason, I'm not comfortable betting on either of them.
0: Yeah. I also think that. Because they could just be stealing votes from each other on the same roster. And I think that also this. For me, like this field is so spread out. I was like, okay, what is something that, like, if it happens, it could secure an MVP? Mm -hmm. And that's why I looked. I was like, LeBron. For my number two and my number three, I. For my number two and my number three, I also look at. The storyline right i I also just look at their like what they have in the tank if they do that they're an mvp so that's kind of just what i did like there are certain people who who didn't make my list just because i was like yeah it could happen but i feel like the ceiling is almost like lower if that makes sense for like like an mvp season uh give me your first mvp in
1: case you couldn't tell from the jersey (laughs) from everything I've been saying the last couple of episodes, I got the Joker. Did not make my top three. Nicole Jokic. LeBron (laughs) James didn't make my top three. I I feel like... Neither did uh, Anthony Davis,
0: to be honest with you. I feel like for the past three weeks we've been circling this theme of, <laughs> of, of like nicole Jokic, and you're always the pro and i'm always the con yeah it's
1: hilarious you know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stick with my guy right like i, I made the argument like nuggets are gonna be the second seed in the west and i made the argument that nicole is the second best center in the nba so i mean i, I think i'm just gonna ride the wave like, <laughs> ride the, into wave. the sunset i'm, I'm sticking <laughs> with my stick with my pick i got Jokic as my mvp uh by the way um, if you watched
0: last week's episode where we talked about like Joel Embiid versus Jokic and we got really heated,
1: we've uh-huh. been continuing this argument all
0: week, like like continue like it was you know, day. like,
1: ESPN released their top 100 and and and, and, and Jokic was above Embiid and he was like coming at me like see I'm like but then you also look at the bottom of the list and yeah like, it was like ESPN sucks. like Luka right. Doncic is the 16th rated player yeah but so we can make an argument about how credible that list yes. is. But yeah, but I got Jogic at number one. Um, I think that storyline that you've been talking about, like, I like where the like that I like Jogic's story because I think that it's a little bit similar to what Giannis did last year, where like we've seen this guy, this like foreign dude who's exciting to watch, is making this jump where he's taking this team that hasn't been very good, that's been like pretty mediocre for an extended period of time all of a sudden he starts making these huge leaps and bounds to get better becomes the clear best player in the team and all of a sudden the, he ha- that he has that roster the best player on the yeah game. that all of a sudden that roster is the best second best team in their conference maybe is the best second best team in their conference maybe even the league sort of continue that trend and like following Giannis's footsteps in the other conference I'm just saying how much better does
0: Nikola Jokic have to be in order to win MVP where last year he was fourth and I would argue that he has to get a decent amount better and I don't know if he can do it like for me he would have to average like same amount of assists maybe one more and then like four more points per game
1: I I see what you're saying I think a lot of it is not going to be so much that Jokic makes a huge jump in his numbers like I think that Jokic's stats are going to be roughly the same as last year, but the Nuggets aren't going to win more games. The Nuggets, but even if they don't win more games, they're going to have if they have the same record as last year. That's still one of the best records in the league. I think one of the biggest differences is that Giannis won MVP last year, so he's knocked down a couple notches because of that storyline. Uh, he doesn't see. have the same story. Harden, you, you he's needed... playing as West, Westbrook. If him averaging thirty six points per game last year wasn't enough for him win for him to win MVP. That's why I didn't pick him. Yeah, yeah, I don't have Harden in my top three because, like, even though he can come out and put up an MB- MVP stat line, if last year was enough for him to win MVP, there's nothing he can do this year to win MVP, especially with Westbrook on the same team as him. So I just think that, like... And, and then Paul George is on the same team as Kawhi Leonard. Like, no matter what, no matter how good the Clippers are, a lot of that credit is going to go to Kawhi Leonard, especially because Kawhi Leonard's coming off the championship, coming off finals MVP. Like... I just think that the guys that were above him last year have taken steps back in terms of their mvp candidacy and nicole Jokic is the one guy who's like i'm here i'm coming back strong i'm doing the same things i did last year except, except they am are less elevate, candidates except yeah. i'm going to elevate my game part of it's the less candidates <laughs> but i also think like people are starting to catch on like oh boy like Jokic is a is nice yeah right like but- it, i think it's sort of is that more narrative? After, after last season, it's sinking in now to people as they like come up with their rankings as they're thinking about next season. It's sinking in for people that Jokic is as good as he is. I guess I can buy like the sinking it's, in theory. It's a little bit of a stretch, right? <laughs> but that's like that's what happens when you're making award predictions. Yeah. It's totally hypothetical. Yeah. Jokic could like not even be top ten in MvP rankings, and like I'm I'm still not I'm not I'm just gonna be happy with my pick, right? Like I am <laughs> I'm, I'm going with it. And right now, I feel most confident in Jokic winning the MVP out of anybody in the league. And so that's why I've got him at number one. Out of anybody else below him, out of any of the top teams in the league, I looked at them and I was like, could they win MVP? Sure. Do I have Jokic as more likely to win MVP than them? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, honestly, I can see Jokic coming out the season averaging 24, like 11, and like 8. And that would be like an incredible season one of the one of the best records in the nba and he'd be the clear star he's got the narrative it's all there for him to put together an mb an does, does he
0: have the narrative is it like the luka Doncic narrative because it's not like he's out of nowhere like people know he's good
1: people do know he's good but like people knew Giannis was good before last season right the difference yeah. the difference was that like Giannis turned a team that wasn't supposed to be the best team in the league heading into the season but he, into the best team in the league. But like, okay. Th- but here's the reason. I feel like the only mm. way Nikola Jokic
0: like wins is like the there's less candidates argument because last year he averaged 20. 20- okay, but you would agree that's true, right? That, that is true. That that's why my list is also weird. But yeah. I would say he averaged 20 points per game, 11 rebounds, seven assists. If he like if he averages like 22 same amount of rebounds and maybe one more assist, and the Nuggets like lose three more games just cuz like that last season was so amazing uh-huh. like D- Jokic arg- arguably had like not a better really season
1: in, the, in in the eyes of the public what if what if though he comes out and he plays better defense right i think his offensive game is there and it's pretty proven I feel like the media maybe would not really have to buy into that hard exact but i think that if there's anybody In the league this year, the media is going to like really back. It could be Jokic. If Jokic is coming out and he's having like triple double after triple double, if he's going off and he's scoring 30 here and he's beating the best teams in the league there, then the media could start to like hype it up. They could start breaking down Jokic and they could be like, here's why Jokic's a better defender than last year. Here's why he's guarding the pick and roll better. Like, I'm making a little bit of an assumption here, but that is what that's. In, in my head, the most likely thing that's going to happen for the MVP next year is just going to be Jokic getting there because of the storyline, because he was close enough last year, because the other candidates have fallen out. I just see Jokic emerging as the guy next year. Yeah. And so here
0: here's my thing. Jokic did not make my list. Mm-hmm. Giannis also did not make my list of top three. Giannis is my, is my number two. Is that your boring pick? That is my boring pick. Okay. And so here's the deal. I think Giannis is going to have a better season than Jokic. And I think his team is going to win more games, but I think the narrative isn't going to be as there. And so if Jokic doesn't make my list, I think, like, no, if Giannis doesn't make my list, then Jokic definitely shouldn't make my list because Giannis is going to have a better season. And I I would say, like, But the difference is that Giannis won the MVP last season and Jokic didn't. I mean, Steph Curry went back to back, LeBron went back to back
1: yeah but I think they that also of, had historic seasons that second year exactly right yeah. like like Steph Curry's second MVP we, we you texted me before like Steph Curry his first MVP yeah. season only averaged 23.8 that's so insane. and part of it is just because he came out and he surprised a lot of people and that's where I see Jokic like surprising a lot of people Giannis last year surprised a lot of people because the Nugget because the Bucks were the best team in the league and almost no one was calling that I did say Giannis was MVP at this time last year yeah so you guys better respect yes. my Jokic pick ah that's true but, like, the difference is that for Giannis to come out and win MVP again, for him to have, he'd have to have the unanimous MVP, Steph Curry second MVP season kind of thing, where he'd have to, like, yeah. come out and he'd have to be averaging, like, 33 and, and, and like, and knocking down like, threes. That's why he's not and, on my list. And I'm, I've, I've,
0: been, yeah. I've been converted into a huge Giannis fan. Uh-huh. But I, I'm, I still, just, like, don't see it. And I also think that Giannis doesn't care as much about the MVP do you know who really does care about the MVP? Who? Second on my list, James Harden. You. Ha- <sighs> I, okay. <sighs> I put him. I put him as number two. He wasn't originally on my list, and then he. But then I. I it struck me like. He cares the most about the MVP award. That's probably true. Out of any of, he's the, been complaining of, out of, out of, so much of, about not winning it. <laughs> out of the top guys, in his defense, he has gotten like kind of screwed. He got kind of snubbed last year, yeah, and the year that Steph Curry won it the first time. Uh huh. And yeah, no, like,
1: Harden definitely could have like three yeah, MVPs right yeah. now, and arguably should.
0: And you see that like every year when he loses, Harden just like mumbles under under his breath to the public like man i should have won man Mm -hmm. i put up awesome stats man i carried my team yeah i feel like that's just not gonna stop just because russell westbrook also has the ball in his hands i think harden is going to go out there and average over 28 points per game still but you realize
1: that is like that is an eight that, percent, or that is an eight point decrease in his points I per understand. game from last and, season. I understand, and the, the reason hey, I still have, I still have number two because of the. But Harden averaging twenty eight points per game next season would be a disappointment in the eyes of the media. That would be a disappointment. It, would, it wouldn't be a disappointment. Yes, it would. N- it would. It would. Just because not. Harden's expectations were so
0: astronomically high. N- not anymore, because the the media, like we understand that Harden is going to have to take less shots. Everyone's saying there's only one ball. And like it did work out with Chris Paul,
1: and I I personally I only have the Rockets finishing fifth. But I just but I think I just they're gonna I, have a good season. The reason I don't have Harden on my list is that if Harden didn't win MVP last year, then how could he possibly come out and, and win it this I, year? I understand. I just that. don't and see any possible scenario. I was
0: asking myself that when I was making this, but then I, his, I but then the thing you said about his season will and be worse candidates. His season next
1: year will be worse than last year's I know, season. No, but so will Giannis's. So no, so how will, is Giannis's Giannis is gonna have a better season next no, 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 year no, no. than he did. No, in last terms year. of in terms of And that's in why I have Giannis in terms winning like, MVP in terms again than my second
0: likely. In terms of like MVP narrative.
1: But Harden's season next year, if you look Does, at the stat sheet If MVP you look at the alone, Harden's MVP or Harden's season next year will be objectively worse than his okay. season last year. Yeah, okay. So how are you gonna have Harden winning an M V P in the season after because, a historically good the, season? Because the
0: MVP this year is most likely gonna be worse than Giannis and Harden were
1: last year. I agree with that, So because I don't think that Jokic's season yes. next year will be quite as impressive as Harden already on season. Okay, so but so you, you can it's argue... It's about the narrative, dude. You're not going to give Harden an MVP if he becomes significantly worse on the stat sheet. It's just not going to happen. I'm telling you right now. You have to think that it is he's, the media that votes he's gonna on He's going to put this. up the numbers. It is he's going to med- put up the wins. But 28 like... points per game is not enough to win MVP when you're James Harden and you've been averaging... Well over thirty points per game for the last two three seasons. It's just not enough. It's know, just man. not enough. I, I,
0: like I'm looking at this list. I'm like,
1: who else? Is James play Harden, the stats James and the Harden wins is an and offensive not be super. Uh, James Harden is an offensive superhuman. But that is not enough because yes, he, just because he's James Harden. Do you think if he's efficient in that twenty
0: nine points per game? Wasn't he efficient last year in his thirty six? I mean, pretty efficient. <laughs> like, <laughs> so,
1: like, how much more efficient okay, is he going to okay, get? I'm, I'm Probably not in, much
0: in terms of like shots per game,
1: like obviously he was if he even the same or more efficient I don't see his efficiency going up and he's going to average way less points probably fewer assists That's not his fault at all. It's not his fault, but that at the same time then like how are you going to reward that? How are you going to because if you give him the MVP next season then you're basically telling him that you're this season you were the best player in the league but like last season you weren't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would but,
0: I would yes. But, how are, gonna, the, the but MVP, how are you gonna? How are you gonna tell him that MVP, when his season is? Because the MVP just, field this year is so like no one is like vying for power. That's actually gonna be like.
1: Really... I'll give you. I'll give you my third guy, who okay. I think is also on the rise, who's also got the narrative. Okay. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard could come out and average thirty points per game, or even if if James Harden and Damian Lillard both average thirty points per game, they had roughly the same record in the Western Conference. Who is gonna win MVP? If they both average thirty. And they both have the same record. Yeah. Damien Lillard. Exactly. And that is just because James Harden's expectations are so much higher. He's already won an MVP, whereas Damien Lillard's got the underdog oh, narrative. Whoops. Of coming from <laughs> coming from behind, right? He can ride that wave of his shot last season Dude, to I'm, beat the Thunder and come win the MVP. You're
0: preaching to the choir. Qu- you're,
1: you're I'm preaching, like, not preaching. I am no, not preaching for James no, Harden. If that's no, what you mean. no, no. You're preaching...
0: About Damien Lillard to me, who's like my—he's my second favorite player. You didn't player. have
1: James on your, or
0: Damien Lillard on your list. I understand that because I've said him, that, you, I've so, said I've said in previous episodes that I think there is a chance that Damien Lillard just suddenly averages 31 per, points per game And this if year. he does that, MVP. Oh, yes, right. Yes. Except I, I, I for d- I just don't think it'll maybe, happen. Except, just, for a, except for maybe over you. Except for maybe over you. I'm just saying, like in my mind, looking at the odds of like Damien Lillard averaging 31 and his team being top four in the West in a super competitive West. I just feel like LeBron's um, chance of going off this year and Harden's chance there for like carrying people, out the MVP. I award. got two
1: people who have got a better chance than, of winning the MVP than Damian Lillard, and it's Nikola Jokic f- and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I've I have 5 <laughs> How though? <laughs> I, I how I, can James Harden? I I I I'm telling you right now. I I give J- James Harden a ten percent chance. Uh, probably five percent chance of winning the mvp next season whereas Damian lillard i've got I mean, him at honestly like 30%. I, I switched my two and my number three like
0: five seconds before we hit record my three is steph curry and i think he is more of a narrative i just think that like health comes into play and also team wins comes into play steph curry isn't because gonna want I, the either, MVP as get, much as he did in past seasons no that
1: not even team wins. i've got, so got that, him that's at what four. i meant i've got him at four like that's what i meant he's not gonna win enough games next year yeah, the, the Warriors well, are not going to win enough games. I've seen people I, saying the Warriors are going to win enough games. I don't think they're going to win enough games. I think games. they will. How many game? How what seed do you think they're going to be in the West? We literally did this. L- okay, two what did you say? Up. Five, four. I don't. I don't see them being the four seed. First of all, but even if you're the four seed, it's a little bit of a hard thing to do as an MVP. Like, you have, to, if, have, if you have with, to have... If you're with that
0: roster, I think it's You have fine. to have a great story. Right, like, whereas if Th- Damian Lillard... I think Steph Curry has a wonderful story. If
1: Damian Lillard averaged 30 points per game, was the four seed in the NBA... And also, the media is like, suddenly, suddenly behind
0: him because he, like, outplayed Russ when, like, he was clearly a better player already.
1: Like... I don't know. I just... Like I, 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 do, I mean, this yeah. is why this is why I don't I don't like anybody winning MVP other than Nicole Jokic and Damian Lillard. I just don't I don't see anybody else like really putting up a fight. I, I think Steph Curry, as long as he
0: stays healthy, Steph Curry isn't gonna want the award this yes, year as much as he know, has know. And th- in that's past that's
1: season. why I changed it. That's why I changed it last. He's second. not. People are saying he's gonna drop five hundred threes this year. He's gonna set the all time three point record. He's gonna come out. He's gonna average thirty five. He's gonna have like a James Harden-type offensive season. He's going to come out and have his unanimous MVP season all over. It's just not going to happen. He's three years older. His ankles are even more fragile. It's even more important that he stays healthy. He's already done two MVP seasons in the past. He doesn't have anything left to prove just, other than I'm, I'm, other than winning a championship he's, he's with now Kevin Durant. for a reason.
0: But I, when, when I look at MVP candidates, I'm looking at what is their potential narrative if Steph Curry leads this team that is missing Klay Thompson, just left Kevin Durant, Draymond Green might not be what he used to be. And he leads them to a top four or five seed. That's going to be super impressive if he stays healthy. That's why I put him number three, because if he stays healthy and if he wants to win this award, I I still think organically, if he doesn't want to win this award, he's going to be top three in scoring just based off of like shot attempts. I
1: just don't know i just don't i just don't i don't see steph curry having the season that everybody is predicting from him i i can't see even if that were to happen even if steph curry were to have this dream season i personally would not buy into steph curry for mvp i just wouldn't could the rest of the media do that maybe could the people who are actually voting do that maybe but i personally would not buy into steph, steph curry would have to blow me out of the water to to make me vote for him for MVP or to, like, support his MVP candidacy over Jokic, Dame, Giannis. Like, and I, I, I can't back that, so I'm not going to put him as higher than any of those guys. Will he be my fourth guy behind Damian Lillard? Probably. But I can't put him higher than anybody else. Yeah.
0: I, I've, I'm looking at my top three, and I feel like I'm so reminiscing to, like, 2016 with, like, LeBron on top. <laughs> Uh, Curry like yeah. unanimous MVP and there's Harden just like going off. I guess I don't know. That was like the best season ever. Maybe it's like something in my subconscious.
1: Yeah, I I, I, guess, I and, guess like my, my part new wave guys
0: like Giannis and Jokic. Just I just didn't yeah. You don't have the it. edge too.
1: I I just I just think that it's more likely in general that a new wave guy comes in and takes the MVP right like Jokic, Giannis, Dame comes in and takes the MVP instead of somebody else making their return season to get the MVP again. I just think that it's less likely. Okay. I do think that a return season is a good narrative, though, especially for LeBron. It can be a good narrative. It can be a good narrative. But you have to have an exceptional season to, have, to make the return narrative. Like, in order to win back-to-back MVPs, to win your MVP like four years removed from your last season, you have to have you have you to do something really special I don't know if I can see LeBron, Curry, Harden doing that.
0: Okay. So, just to summarize, my favorite for MVP is LeBron
1: and my other two candidates are Harden and Curry. I got Jokic as my MVP with uh Giannis as my number 2 and Dame as my number 3.
0: All right. Moving on to Defensive Player of the Year. Do you want to go first?
1: I I don't even like I'm kind of embarrassed to say my pick cuz it's so boring, but Did I got Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Yeah. Okay, I don't I don't <laughs> I, have him. Well, I guess you got Joel Embiid. Yep. He's my number 2. Yeah. Okay. So, so, I'm not going to
0: say you're wrong. Here's the deal. Like before the episode, I was saying, "I'm so confident in my 3 defensive player you of the year rankings." You did say that. Rankings. Let me know why. Okay. So, just I feel like we can just give an overview because we already know who our 1 and 2s are. My number 1, who I think will win DPOY, is Joel Embiid. Okay. My second is Rudy Gobert, and my third is Kawhi Leonard. Hmm. All right. My number three is Miles Turner. Okay. I mean, the reason I – okay, let's go from number three first. Okay. Okay. So the reason why I think Kawhi Leonard is going to be a legitimate Defensive Player of the Year candidate is because, first of all, he hasn't been really in the running the past two years. So it's not really like like media voting fatigue. Secondly, I think that – like what the Defensive Player of the Year is about is like – the best defensive player on a top three defense. And I think the Clippers are going to be a top three defense. We saw that like Paul George, like uh, w- when people talk about Kawhi, we're going to be like, oh, he can't win an award because he misses games. Paul George missed like 10 games last year and he was a candidate. I think that like, that doesn't really matter. You'll like just in general, the Clippers are going to be a top three defense when you have like guys like Patrick Beverly, Montrose Harrell, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. I think that that switchability, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard just going to be like kind of the figurehead of that when you see like the Clippers are going to be a top three team in the league and all of that. I just think that the media could definitely like rally behind that. I don't think he is going to win just cause like the two guys above him are almost like in a tier of their own. But I think that also just everyone right now is like behind the Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the world bandwagon. Yeah. Cause of like the finals. Yeah. So I think that just the media hype could be around that. That's my reason for having
1: him as a candidate. I get that. Um, but I also look back, like, I think it was 2014 and 2015, back-to-back MVPs, um, and the MVP, the, the narrative D- defense player of the year for Defense Player of the Year isn't nearly as important as it is for MVP. And
0: right? I don't think I've got, Rudy I've, got Rudy as,
1: I've got Rudy Gobert as number one, so obviously, like, voter fatigue isn't nearly as much of a thing for Defense Player of the Year, in my opinion. No, no, no. Uh, but, There's a difference between voter fatigue and narrative. I don't think there's a narrative yeah, for yeah. Defense Player but, of the Year. But if you've already won Defense Player of the Year, then voter fatigue... Uh, sets in, right? So, so like, yeah, they c- kind of come hand in hand. Where like they both factor into one being less likely to win it. I would say. Th- that's why I don't have Rudy Gobert one. Yeah, um, I'm saying that's sort of the reason that I, uh, I don't want to say that that's the reason that I have. That I don't have Kawhi Leonard as top three. I just don't think it's like everybody knows that Kawhi Leonard's an elite defender. People don't think that they're going to have to give Kawhi Leonard that recognition because he's coming off a championship, he's coming off a finals MVP, and there's a very good chance that he does it again this season. Then again, don't you think the hype around Kawhi
0: Leonard is, like, ridiculously more high than it was three years ago in San Antonio? In terms of, like, media appreciation. Yes, in terms appreciation, of people being
1: like, yeah, Kawhi Leonard is a top three player in the NBA. Yes. I've been saying that since he was in San Antonio. but I have not. I... Yes and no. Like, yes, people give him a lot of credit as being one of the best players in the NBA, deservingly so. But I also don't think that the the hype is so high that it's like let's go out and give him every award that we can, right? Like, I don't. Neither of us have him in the MVP race. Yeah, I'm. um,
0: But I just don't. I I don't know. I don't. I don't have him in the MVP race because he's playing with Paul George and because he is going to miss like ten to fifteen games. So, but don't you
1: think like if if the Clippers are a top three defense next year, is it like you've also got Paul George who's could be all-defensive first team next year. You got Kawhi Leonard. you could be all-defensive first team next year. Yeah, but no you one's arguing that the, like, the Jazz have bad defenders. Or but when you look at the Jazz, you look at Rudy Gobert, and you're like, they're going to be the top. They're going to. I've got Rudy Gobert because they're going to come out. They're going to be the best defense defense in the league, and everybody's going to point their finger at Rudy Gobert and say that's the reason why. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I, I feel like... We if, could, I, we, just, I just think it's more there's more reasons to say that the Clippers are a good defense than the, than the Jazz. Yeah, but, I also, but, I, also but think, I also think... And I also think that the Jazz will be a better defense than the Clippers. No, but I'm
0: saying Kawhi Leonard is a more likely candidate than anyone else besides Joel Embiid or Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. because he is going to be on a top three defense, whereas I don't know if the Pacers are going to be
1: top five. And that's just how yeah. the MVP award... Or okay. That's how the Defensive Player of the Year award works. I kind of see that. Mm-hmm. But I also think... That Miles Turner is going to take some leaps and bounds this season, or at least I'm, real, I, I am betting on that. That's why I've got him as a top three. I think that he's going to make the jump. I didn't have, I didn't have him as a top ten center. I think that this oh, upcoming yeah. season he's going to prove me wrong. Okay. I'm, I'm sort of betting on that. Like, I put Clint, Clint Capella over Miles Turner. Is this season Disrespect. Clint Capella being going to be better better center than Miles Turner? Probably not. Why you okay because because capella has more proven success but and i and i can't just like whatever but miles turner I, i'm really expecting him in the absence of victor oladipo and then when victor oladipo comes back to be the anchor of one of the best defenses in the league they're not going to be top three i don't think but could they be top five yet yeah. and does that mean he's a little bit of a stretch sure but that's why i have him at three and not higher that's why yeah. Joel Embiid and Rudy Gobert are in such a tier of their own is because it's really hard to be the best, one of the best defenses in the league, yeah. and there's only a few guys you can point to and say like, they're the reason for, the, for them being the best defense in the league. Okay, so let's talk about
0: one versus two, Rudy Gobert versus Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. I have Joel Embiid because of two reasons. First, voter fatigue. I think that the last person to win three in a row was Ben Wallace, I'll pull that up. I believe believe so. Dwight Howard. Oh, really? 2008, 2009, 2010. Okay, cool. Dwight Howard. I think Rudy Gobert is of the same caliber defender as Dwight Howard. Sure. I just think that if it comes to two guys that are super close, I think the media and we are going to give it to the guy that hasn't won it yet. Especially okay. if that guy's like young and rising, That's, and I mean that that makes a lot of sense. And if like that guy's defense was pretty good last year, which I think I, I would, I don't know the numbers, but I'm pretty sure the 76 sixer defense was like pretty good. Mm-hmm. But this year it's going to be top three. Okay, it is. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it just is because you have just when
1: you look at that team, you have Ben Simmons, Simmons Josh from, Richardson, Tobias Harris, and Al Horford most and Al Horford. One. Joel Embiid. I'll give you basically my one reason for not having Joel Embiid as as my favorite for Nets player of the year. Actually, two. One is Al Warford exists. (laughs) Two is games played. I'm not
0: re-engaging you in this debate (laughs) from last week. But
1: don't, Um, but but across all awards, you have to play a minimum number of games to really be in conversation. Okay. So Um, Joel Embiid, the only reason that he hasn't won, like, really any awards at all is that he hasn't really played enough games yet. And so until he's really sur- consistently surpassing that career high of 64 games played, like, until he – if he hits 70 games a season, I've got him as best player of the year. I agree with you. He-, he should be the best player of the year because nobody's going to want to see Rudy Gobert winning again. But if, he's n- if he plays fewer than 70 games, which, again, would be six more than his career high so far, then it's like, okay, so he was there for most but not all the season. You also have Al Horford there – playing a lot of minutes at the five position. And I don't really an think that people present. will like, account for that. Um, I just,
0: unless I just like, think Al Horford
1: really, really, really performs the, when Joel Embiid is out, the and problem, their defense is still strong. Yeah, the, that's, the, that's the thing is, uh, you could see a problem where Joel Embiid is out for a game, and the defense still stays as one of the best events in the league because Al Horford is the five. So if it doesn't look like the the defense above replacement kind of thing, where like how much worse is the defense when Joel Embiid isn't on the floor... That could be hurt by the fact that Al Horford is on the team, and I guess that media will look at those numbers because
0: I, I know like casual fans like, don't, yeah, and, like, yeah, moderately aggressive and NB fans don't really. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how much of a factor that would be, but I just think that like new candidate, new best defense in the league, arguably just phenomenal defense around him to like set him up to like be the best rim protector in the league, yeah, and just. Overall talent, I think, just like it's set up
1: for Joel Embiid to win uh, Defense Player of the Year. I mean, yeah, like once again, I'm making an argument against my number two guy yes. least, instead of being my number one guy. Yes, um, but yeah, I, I agree with everything that you said. I, I think that he's. I I, ho- I hope that he wins Defense Player of the Year. To be honest with you, um, but I can't bet on the games played and like him looking like an incredible defender with Al Horford on the same team, so because Al Horford, I think will more often than not be the guy that's playing one-on-one on ball with the best centers in the league okay uh rookie of
0: the year right yeah okay so my number one candidate to be rookie of the year is ja morant i agree with you ah
1: boring okay <laughs> it is slightly boring um, okay so give me your two and three then two rj barrett go nicks three zion Okay, I know it's one, it's it's the first, second, and third picks. I kind of hate that. It's pretty boring. That's usually what you do get with rookie of the Year, though. Yes, but like I mean, you look at last year; it was Luca
0: Trey and DeAndre. Ayton. Yeah, so it was one, three, and five. Okay, but then but, also the first team All NBA was the one, two, three, four... or yeah. sorry, the All Rookie team was the one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, and five picks. Yep. Also, that's like the first time that's happened in like a decade, I think. Really? Yeah. Which is interesting.
1: Yes, teams drafted well.
0: Yeah. However. My one two and three is John Morant, two Darius Garland mm-hmm. three RJ Barrett. Okay so I don't I don't have Zion on my list. Yeah I think this comes down to offensive skill coming into the league. I think like he doesn't have like that many moves. I think it's gonna be an adjustment period because in high school and even in college he's been playing against like babies compared to him. but now he's playing against like actual best of the best built like he is kind of
1: i the the one reason that i have zion at 3 is not so much that i think that he's going to be overwhelmed that he's not going to be able to handle the nba i think he will i know what you're going to say and that's my second argument continue it's just that the expectations are way too high oh no that was actually my third argument yeah it's just it's just that for zion to not have a season that is considered a disappointment he's going to have to average, like, 20 to 23 points per game because that's how high the expectations are. Like, he's going to have to match Luka's season from last year to win Rookie of the Year, and that is not easy to do. That is just not easy to do. Yeah. Whereas, like, you look at Jean Morant, R.J. Barrett, the expectations are high, but they're not Zion high. Like, Zion is arguably the most hyped prospect we've had since Anthony Davis or LeBron James. Yeah. I also think that, like...
0: A mix of like skill I guess like lack thereof in terms I, of coming out their dribble I don't know. and I, and like shot attempts because he, keep in mind he's playing, he's on, a playing on a team that's that, like, got a is, lot of shot creation and is trying to go to the playoffs yeah. uh, like I, w- I would say they, they signed, are they going to try to win it, games yeah they are signed, they going to really be in playoff condition um, I'm Probably saying they, they like signed vets who like want to play now talking about like JJ Redick mm-hmm. drew holiday Derek favors And those guys are, like, legit NBA players who are going to, like, want theirs, whereas you look at Darius Garland. Yeah. He's playing on Cleveland where the only other guy who's actually taking his shots would be Colin Sexton.
1: Kevin Love, too, maybe. Uh, Yeah.
0: I I forgot about him because he was injured the entirety of last year. He he might even get get traded. traded. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at Darius Garland, and I'm like one this guy is built for offensive basketball which mm-hmm. is literally what the just literally what the rookie of the year is about it's yep. about offensive stats yep so you have Darius Garland he might average the most points per game for all rookies he's going to his team is going to be bad but that's fine cuz that doesn't really matter for rookie of the mm-hmm. year and he's just his his skill set almost just caters towards defense player of the year and just his situation does as well because it's opportunity it's scoring which matters to him and i'm personally a big darius garland guy even though we barely saw him play at vanderbilt yeah that's that's the that, one
1: reason he's not in my top three yeah i i just think that they drafted him at number five and he didn't go higher because we haven't seen him play enough for him to justify him being top three four pick he's gonna have to come out in order to win rookie of the year he's gonna come and have to come out on this Cleveland Cavaliers team and basically be the alpha dog from day one. I'm not sure that Colin Sexton day one will want that to happen. Yeah. So I think you're going to have a little bit of butting heads where like both of them want to average 20 points per game. And I mean, even though probably neither of them will like, they're both going to try to be the guy, I mean, and they're going to take some but, kind but of figure out. Rookie that of the year
0: don't always just come out of the gates and just set the world on fire.
1: Luka Doncic did. Trey
0: like, Young, did. Young didn't. Yeah, yeah.
1: but Trey Young didn't win the award, and uh, uh, probably the main argument against him was that he, his, okay, he wasn't but, consistent. Okay,
0: enough. okay, but usually rookie of the year doesn't go to someone who had a season like Luka Doncic's. That is true. So I is like, an like, in a, in a for normal sure. draft class, I think that Trey Young would have won it.
1: That is probably true. Yeah, um, I just i am not ready to say that darius garland who basically played like four games in college yeah. is going to come out and have in light people up the way that he potentially could yeah right i'm, like, I'm just I'm, I'm buying darius garland's he's off. almost he's almost got like a double jump to make because you talk about the jump that zion's going to make from college to the nba garland's basically darius garland's basically <laughs> making the jump from high school to the nba like He's been sitting around for college practices, right? Did he was he injured for college? He yeah. was right. So so I mean, so he's first of all he's got to like recover this injury. He's he hasn't played probably organized real basketball in I mean he's healthy a now. while, but yes, but like he played four games in college. It basically means he didn't even have time to fully adjust to college before getting drafted. So it's like he's got way more of an adjustment period in addition to being this one of two point guards on a terrible team, <laughs> like. It's just yeah. like, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, the odds are stacked against him, I would argue. But at the same time, like, in terms of offensively gifted guys who are built for the M- Rookie yeah. of the Year award, like, Darius Garland's up there for sure. Yeah. And I, I don't, yeah. Uh, for, I guess just,
0: I've said everything I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. I'm buying Darius Garland stock. I like what I see. And I just,
1: I don't know. He fits. Like the idea. He fits your like Damian Lillard, Steph Curry yes. mold. Like yes. you like those kind of yeah.
0: guys. I I love those kind of guys.
1: I'm kind of surprised you're not more all in on Trey Young, to be honest. Now that we're talking about, it. you are you like him? But I I like him. I've had
0: stirrings the past few months where I'm like, okay, this guy is going to be like a top five favorite player of mine in like a year. Yeah. <laughs> like I I just I haven't I, like I'm out, surprised. I haven't, you haven't identified used the term one. buying
1: stock with Trey Young yet. Is yeah, like, that's my point. Because I feel like. You should have said it earlier, I guess. I should have,
0: because I feel like everyone's buying stock in Trey Young now. That and true. I, I don't like buying stock in players that, like, everyone has already invested in, because that's lame. That is lame. Um, my three is RJ Barrett. I think that—okay, <laughs> this sounds weird, but, like, what's holding me back for him is, like, yeah, sure, he has the opportunity, but, like— And I think the way he will win this award is if he, like, comes out of the gate and is a really good passer. Because the Knicks have a bunch mm-hmm. of pretty good role players, like a bunch of bigs they can dump it off to, and they have like a few shooters, <laughs> like Wayne Ellington, um, that he could like actually like, create for, and he's yeah. gonna have a decent amount of space to work. The only thing is like, is the shooting and is the getting to the rim really there? Because what I saw in summer league was kind of concerning as a Knicks fan, and I know you shouldn't base it off, base anything yeah, off of summer
1: league. I'm not concerned by summer league at all. Also, it, like, it just, like our it, guy Brad, like Brad list. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not gonna. He had a great summer league. Like, <laughs> he. If you looked at that alone, you would say that he's better than RJ Barrett. Yeah, mm, I'm not gonna put my <laughs> eggs in that basket right now. All eggs in that basket. But I just think that, like you said, look the, the argument you made about Darius Garland, the Knicks are gonna be pretty bad too. They're not gonna be probably Cleveland Cavaliers record bad. They're gonna be one of the worst teams in the league. As Knicks fans, we accept that. We embrace it. People think that... You know what I don't like? People always say that Knicks fans are impatient. That's so false. We've been chilling here. Like we didn't want Kristaps <laughs> to get traded. We're cool. We don't. We don't. We don't want to <laughs> win a championship this year, next year. Like we just want to be good eventually. Yeah, and
0: they're like making fun of us for like losing like Zion and Katie and Kyrie. And I was, like, bro. Like, I did not think that was gonna happen. <laughs> like, like that was literally all ESPN. Like, that was not us. That was yeah, not New York. That, that was
1: Stephen A. Smith representing all of Nick's fandom. Yeah, guess, but... and it's just for clicks. But it's not accurate. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know it's a it's a touchy subject for us but yeah. uh, but I guess I, I just think that I'm happy that if we weren't going to get both Katie and Kyrie we didn't go out and sign I guess I always say this but we didn't go out and sign Chris Middleton to a max contract <laughs> right we didn't sign you Jimmy do always go we, we didn't Chris sign Middleton. we didn't sign Jimmy Butler to a I match always go contract. after Jimmy Butler <laughs> Like um, the I'm glad we didn't sign one of those second tier guys to like yeah. a huge contract to like sit on the bench with like RJ Barrett or like yeah facts we don't need that let's yeah, let's get another good draft pick and let our guys develop so I'm looking forward as a Knicks fan to next season letting letting RJ Barrett Julius Randall sort of figure out their role um in a developing team I'm hoping that we don't trade any of them now like let's just let's just think yes, we got and please. develop please yeah. like it seems like now we've got a direction but knowing um. Knowing the Knicks front office, that is going to be shaken up in, within a couple of years. But I like I like the idea of RJ Barrett having. I'm not going to say nobody nobody to like share the ball with because he's got there. Are other there are other scores on the Knicks roster, but nobody on the on the Knicks roster is going to demand the ball over, over RJ hand. Barrett. Like no one's taking it out of his hands. Yeah, like Julius Randle, we know averaged like 20 points per game last season. Like he had a like career year, but I also don't foresee Julius Randle being like, "This is my team. Give me the ball. Like, let me let me run it." Like he yeah. was a sixth man last year. Yeah. So I, I'm excited for RJ Barrett and what he can do. I think that 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 like offensive explosion that you that you were sort of saying that you think that you're betting Darius Garland is going to have. That's that's where I've got my money on RJ Barrett. Now, yeah. Kevin Knox was on my list for him last year. Again, like a little bit of Knicks bias. That did but- not work out well. I, I'm confident in this one, guys. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> we both have
0: John Morant at number one. I feel like we just talked about that for a little bit. I think John Morant is the clear favorite in my eyes because I think mm-hmm. just talent is so he's there. Developed that way. I
1: mean, talent is I'm so gonna, there for day one. He's he's a. I'm gonna say that Zion that Zion is still the, is still the favorite in the eyes of the me- media. But uh, to, but to me and you, yeah, I think we're making the same argument, which is that Zion isn't gonna match what people are expecting. Not in a bad way, but just that. It's built up. He's not going to have a perfect season. He's a rookie, right? It's not going to be perfect. John
0: Morant's going to have a better season than Zion. I I think this is because, one, I think the assists are going to, like, come freely with him. Just the talent is so there from day one. Like, if he's having a bad shooting night or whatever, he's going to go and get seven assists. He's just going to from day one. I also think that, like, getting to the rim in general, that's always going to be there for him. And I think that the ball is going to be in his hands more than Zion to where, like, the only other guy on this Memphis offense that's going to take Jackson. shots is Jaron Jackson Jr. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, he's good, but I also think like that's almost a good person to pair with your rookie point guard because that pick he, and roll, he, pick and pop. Yeah, the pick and roll, the pick and pop, because he can shoot and just like he doesn't demand a very, very high usage, but he mm-hmm. still
1: like helps you out as a point guard. He's just so versatile. he can bail oh, you out. I thought we were talking about Jaron Jackson. stuff. Jaron no. Jackson is so versatile on both ends, which is why he's just the perfect big in today's league. But uh the one concern I've got for Ja, I, I agree with everything that you said. Um you advocated my points as well. The one concern I've got is that point guards tend to take a little bit longer to develop. But it's it's they're rookies. Every one of these rookies is gonna come out and they're gonna have their struggles, they're gonna have their adjustments. I think like people period. understand that. People, yeah, people understand that. And I guess the thing that you said about like Luca was an exception. Luca won MVP of the Euro League right before he came to the NBA. So, like, Luca was able to come in and basically have, like, the perfect rookie of the year season. Most, like, the average point guard, like, Trey Young, like, Trey Young, obviously, so Jabberwine was second pick, Trey Young was the fifth, like, a top five point guard selection was gonna have more of a Trey Young type of trend where it's like, you're gonna start off slow, turn the ball over a lot, not be able to hit shots for their life. But still probably be making the right kinds of plays like you're still gonna be making the right pass but as he goes i'm hoping that he'll sort of get that trend where by the end of the season he'll be putting up big point numbers big assist numbers on a team that's not winning a lot of games and that is one of the criteria for the rookie of the year but are any of the rookies really gonna be winning that many games like any of the yeah. top five picks not really yeah, that's not criteria
0: um so, yeah, my number one, John Morant, number two, Darius Garland, number three, R.J. Barrett. I think all have a pretty decent chance, but I think John Morant is, like, the clear one.
1: Yeah. Okay. Ja, R.J., Zion. I, I'm i going to go back to Zion for one more second, which is just that I think that Zion Williamson could have a really solid uh, rookie season that the Pelicans will be happy with, that he should be happy with and he still won't win MVP uh, won't win rookie of the year because he is gonna have to have like an incredibly good season to match everything that people are expecting from him and that's gonna be really hard to do like you, I just think that you so much think... of what Zion does is like on the defensive end doing the little things like being a hustle play like grabbing big rebounds but like, like if he
0: has a better season than every other rookie but it doesn't live up to ESPN's expectations, do you think he will win Rookie of the Year?
1: I just think he could come out next season and average 15-8. That will be perfect for the Pelicans, perfect for him. That's exactly but what he should I'm do, saying, and that won't win him Rookie But will that of the be year. a better season than John Morant? I would argue that would probably be a better season than John Morant because he's on a team that's better than John Morant's, but it won't be seen as a better season just based off of the stat sheet alone. Okay. Because I think that John Morant is going to average, like, 17 and 7 assists or something. And people are going to be like, whoa! And like be more surprised yeah. and excited about that season. than like, everybody's expecting Zion to average 20. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Most improved
0: player. This was my favorite to come up with. Because just every year, there are so many candidates. But I think, especially this year, there's so many, like, third-year and fourth-year guys that I'm just so excited about mm. that I can just kind of go out there and just have amazing seasons because they like pretty much all of these guys, except maybe my third guy, have like new opportunities combined with them showing a lot of promise in the second half of last season, or I guess in the first half for one of my guys, but my, and MDJ on YouTube has a phenomenal video about this. That kind of just helped me realize my opinions. All right. Because he, he literally, he, he gave 15 candidates for most improved. And he was saying there are so many different people that could win. And that's kind of always true,
1: but like, yeah, I feel like especially a, this year, it's a fun award to try to predict because yeah. you're like looking through rosters, you're like, which of these guys are going to yeah. surprise the world and like yeah. go off? And my answer
0: for, and keep in mind, I like, I feel like any of my top three could win. Just yeah, li- okay, it's yeah, like, I mean, I It's like it's like on the same level MVP in terms of like and one, two, and three. There's a very little separation, and it's all hypothetical. But, but, but most
1: approved even more so
0: yeah 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 um my number one I have bam at a bio I think that Hassan whiteside just got traded so that will increase his minutes even more and surprisingly bam did not have like a good statistical season last year if if you look at his numbers i'm gonna not look them that up. impressive the yeah was, it was like 13 points per game i think less 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 like okay. eight maybe Nine points per game, seven rebounds. Yeah, eight point nine. Yeah, that's that's not a lot, and I think it's his it's not going to be per game were lo- was low. Yeah, and <sighs> if if you increased his minutes points, his minutes per game, I think it's very reasonable for him to go out and average like, I don't know, fifteen points and twelve rebounds. Are you kidding me? That's that's a six point increase, and that's a five rebound increase, and I think like. If the Miami Heat does well or he has a few highlights and the hype builds around him, I think that people are going to acknowledge hey, even though this guy isn't as good as past uh most improves like Giannis or even Pascal Siakam, like all star caliber, I think that Bam's going to go out there and everyone's going to be like, man, that guy's good. Like he has that. And I, I think totally, that, that's I what I get I totally get the, I totally get the pick.
1: About. I didn't put him down. And honestly, a lot of it was I was just trying to come up with things I didn't see other people listing, which was really hard. And I saw Bam Adebayo on a lot yeah, of people. Like, yeah, I heard he, a lot of people mainstream. talking about Bam yeah. Like, Bam Adebayo and John, Jonathan Isaac are, like, the two names I've heard the most about Most Improved Player. Okay, I so I didn't like, put I either like of them.
0: We hear a lot on... King of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, I feel like but, that's where you're getting that from.
1: But also, like, a lot of people in the NBA world have sort of taken that Jonathan Isaac thing and, like, spread then their own picks. And so now, like, generally people spread that, like, on Reddit and whatever. And so now it's, yeah. like, a more common pick than I, just not I don't, I don't see dates. Jonathan Isaac because I don't think that the Magic
0: are, are going to give him enough chance. If you talk about Steve Clifford is kind of just not really flexible in, like, giving mm-hmm. people chances. Like, we saw that, like, he just didn't play Malik Monk in Malik Monk's yeah. rookie year. And also I feel like that's why Markel Foltz could be stunted by that as well. And also the Orlando Magic still have a front court jam. They have mm-hmm. uh Vusevich, Mobamba, um, Aaron Gordon, and like where's the minutes for Jonathan Isaac? So I think even if he does have a better season, it's not gonna come up in the stats.
1: Yeah. Okay. I would say like you, like I'd say Bam Adebayo is a pretty safe pick. Like, yeah. It's pretty solid safe thing. I went with Karis Levert as my number one. He was
0: my three because he, if he didn't get injured, he might have been my he might have been my
1: winner last exactly. year. Exactly. Um, I just think that the MVP is not going to see. The, the, sorry, I don't know why I keep saying MVP. the The, the voters are going to see that as. This is more so a continuation of two years ago and see last year as like the beginning of his most improved player campaign and not think of like most improved from last year. But that's
0: but the most improved player is like it's about last season. That's why I don't have DeJounte mm-hmm. Murray because like it DeJounte Murray just didn't play last year. Like, yeah, come on,
1: but like I, I just think that he's going to sort of like continue that to ride that like wave see, of. Let of me ask you something do you think he's going to average 20? I think he could know. I, I don't think he's going to average 20. I think I'm going to give him, like, 17. Okay, that's only a three-point increase. It's a four-point increase from last season, but it's more three, than... Yeah. He yeah, averaged he, like 13 last He averaged last 14. 13-point-something. Okay. Going to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of continue. last season, it was 13 points something Okay, continue. But I think that he comes out and he averages 17 or 18 next 13. season. 13.7. Okay. Good for you. Then... <laughs> Like, I, cause, cause, because you're not going to have Kevin Durant, who in this team besides Kyrie Irving is going to put the ball in the basket? Kyrie, Spencer Number Dinwiddie. one is Karis LeVert. He's going to be the number one guy to put the ball in the basket besides Kyrie Irving. He's going to be the second leading scorer in this team until Kevin Durant is back. That's the way I'm looking at it. If, so if if this team comes out, is still a really solid team without Kevin Durant, on Kyrie Irving's way to surprise a lot of people, Karis, you're going to look at Lavert LeVert and be like, dang, Karis LeVert is a big part of that. and she's the second leading scorer. Right, like you got guys like Joe Harris too, but I'm gonna say Karis Labrid is gonna average more than that. I think he was the leading scorer until he got injured last year, mm-hmm. at like
0: 17 points per game. And what, what what did he average two seasons ago, like before
1: last year? I don't know, but not a lot. Like like he he was my most improved, 12.1. Okay, so I would say that it's more so a comparison to like. That twelve point one than the thirteen point seven. Well, because keep in mind, like before he got injured, he was averaging
0: like seventeen.
1: Yeah, he got injured and he came
0: back and he averaged less than thirteen point seven.
1: So it just averages out. I just think that the the most improved part will be the fact that he's coming back. He's proving that small sample size that we had over the course of a whole season, while the team is getting a lot better. I feel like your efficiency is going to go. You're kind of blending the criteria for most improved player. I am a little bit, but at the same time, like in order to make a prediction for the most unpredictable reward, uh, like award in all of sports like you have to bend the rules a little you bit you have to bend the rules a little bit in order for in order for there to be a safe pick i have to go with like acaris uh, silver and so if i'm saying the most likely guy to win most improved i think that's Kara silver
0: okay i ha- i had him 3 just cuz i do think he can make that jump i just i feel like he had a really good season last year and then it just kind of like fell off a bit because of injury which is totally not his fault. I was I was buying a lot of Karis Levert stock <laughs> at the beginning of last year. I just, I feel like people have seen that already. So right. it's like, it's it's the same reason why, like, it's Derek Rose wasn't me. a most improved candidate last year. You, I it, mean, he had anyway. been at that point, he'd been like, to that
1: point at another point in his career. But. so was Karis Levert. Even if that but, point was only for three months. Uh, yeah, I think it's more so just that, like, He's gonna take that small sample size and extend it, and so when you sort of if you sort of like discount last year because of injury, and just sort of like add those three months, is like here's how much better he's gotten since the beginning of his career since two seasons ago. Then it starts to look a lot more impressive. Yeah, that he's developed into the second best scorer or the second the second highest scorer on a team that's like the fourth fifth seed in the in the Eastern Conference potentially. Okay,
0: so my first bam out of bio my third karis levert my second i'm so excited about this pick i i wanted to put him first but then i just held back just because bam was a bit of a safer pick and because uh malcolm brogdon my second he did average 15 points per game last year that's on 50
1: 40 90 he averaged 15.6 on 50-40-90. I looked at Malcolm Brogdon and I was like, hmm, let me go look up Malcolm Brogdon's stats because he could have a most improved season. I was like, oh yeah, on top of that being a most improved player, he, would, he averaged 15.6 points per game on the best team in the NBA. How can he have a better season than that? Because he averaged
0: 3.2, points, uh, 3.2 assists per game and he's going to be the primary ball handler Best ball handler and primary pick-and-roll user on the Indiana Pacers until Victor Oladipo comes back. That's my justification. Who's going to be their starting point guard? Malcolm Brogdon. (sighs) They they don't have Corey Joseph. Isn't uh, it going to be like Darren Collison? Maybe. It, It doesn't matter. Malcolm Brogdon's better. He's a better guard. He's a better
1: guard, but he's also not a point guard, really. He can play point guard. He, has, he hasn't He started he hasn't out his career. career. Yeah. I mean, he started yeah, out his career as a point guard. But he played all of last season as like a primarily a catch and shoot guy. Yeah, because you have Giannis on your team. I know. But but I just think that like he's been most successful. He averaged sixteen points per game on 90 shooting. Also, I I, I would I was looking at the playoffs and he just he went off in the playoffs
0: he was a phenomenal player in the playoffs mm-hmm. especially when like guys like Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton weren't stepping up
1: Malcolm Brogdon stepped up to the plate when he was needed and I so, think okay. this year he's so, gonna be so how are you gonna needed. I guess my point is like I just said that okay I got Karis Levert as my guy and so yeah like he had some moments last year but this year is gonna be the year where he proves that so if you're saying like well he had some he had his moments in the playoffs last year but this year he's gonna prove that over the horse it's a regular world, season, whole season award season but like how that was, is it, that was but like is it really games. most improved from seven games? Like, I'm making the same argument. I'm going to say that's a small sample size of him being great. So how much better is he really getting? I, I, I'm i just arguing that, like, he's going to take that and, like, emulate that
0: on a new but team. But you understand that, that you're, ma- you're making the volume. same
1: argument that I was trying to make for Karis Levert, and now you've reversed it? No. How have I done that? Because I, I was saying that Karis Levert last season, he had a small sample size where he was incredible. But it's more so going to be he's going to continue that trajectory this season. He's going to prove that he's as good as he played for small p- parts of the last season. You were like, well, it's, a you know, it's like, you, how are you going to say that? Because most improved is like, it's about how much you've improved over okay. the last two, year. Like, has, two he, things. He two hasn't things. improved all that much t- over the offseason because he played so well in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying about okay. you. So first how are you going to that? First of all,
0: that? regular season award. That's okay. what this is, but not a playoff. Secondly, it is, that, that was for like eight games.
1: I know. Yours was for like 25. But, but the thing is... It is a regular season award, but it's not it's it's about compa- it's more so it's about an off season award. It's more so about how much have you got how much better have you gotten since the last time you played basketball. and no, honestly, I don't think the media reads that much into it. Into but that. but I like I just think so then so then how can you make I just don't understand how you can e- critique everyone, my Karis LeVert pick and then make the opposite argument from Malcolm Because Brogdon.
0: Everyone had Karis LeVert in their top two for most improved player last year until he got injured. Malcolm, I, no one has been talking about Malcolm Brogdon. For but most no improved. one's been talking about Malcolm Brogdon for most improved because he averaged 16 points per game last okay, season. Okay, and, and okay, now just going back to my argument, the reason why I have him as number two is because I genuinely believe he's going to average seven assists next year. But do you don't understand that your argument is hypocritical. No, it's not. It is totally hypocritical. It's, it's not. I'm saying, okay. One of the facets of my argument was saying that he played well in the playoffs. That has nothing. That is not the same thing as the media and everyone judging 25 games of Karis
1: Levert's regular but season and saying he might win Most Improved this year. For for the argument of Most Improved, it would be better to argue that his last that last season was bad for him than to argue that last season was good. I'm arguing that last season showed promise. And but if last season the re- showed the re- promise... The, re- the reason he's okay, he my hear me number two... Out, okay. out. If last season showed promise, if last season showed glimpses of what he could be, then... How is he going to be most improved? Because he's already shown what he can do. That just is, Because he, just, just he's going to do that more. But that more dude, frequently, that right there, that he's going to do it more frequently, is exactly what I said for Karis Lavert. And I said, well, you're wrong, because that's, the, that's not what the most improved player reward is. And you turn around and say, there's, there's I want to put this guy at number one, because he there's can a difference between argument. a guy
0: playing well for 25 games and, and, and a guy showing flashes. But do you not see that we're there's, making there's the same argument? There's a
1: difference between a guy... Go back it, and watch this back when you're done. We're t- we said the exact same thing back and forth. We're saying you just you literally just said I'm, I'm talking about, about
0: flashes in flashes. the playoffs.
1: Okay, so I talked about a flash of 25 games is not a whole season, It's so, not the same thing. I'm saying flashes a, in a game. I'm saying I'm saying, saying five flashes, minute stretches in Five
0: minute stretches in the playoffs where Malcolm Brogdon looked like the second best player on the Bucks. But do you not understand that the
1: in most the conference in- final, the most improved player? It's not a regular season award. It's not a playoff award. It's about how much better have you gotten over the course of the off-season and people the last look time at you your regular basketball. season stats. People look at your regular season stats compared to the last year's regular season stats and playoffs because no, it's no, it's no. about it's about how you played for all of last season compared to how you played for all of this season. No, minus no, it's this not year's to playoffs. no right. award. It's a regular season award, but part of how well you played last season is the playoffs. It's a regular season award because. If the only reason it's a regular season award is because you can only look at the regular season stats when, when voting for most improved player. So it can't include this year's playoffs, but it can include last year's playoffs. Okay, but no, but people compare—they they say
0: that, like, oh, Malcolm Brogdon— made a two point jump and a four assist jump from last year but most of you here but, but in this is a, this
1: is a weird argument because most of the time the most improved player wasn't the starting shooting guard on the best team in the nba last year. yeah i know and that's why this is like a weird pick that i'm exactly. excited about. so most most of the time you don't have the playoffs factored in so you're what you're saying is like most of the time they don't use the playoffs as an argument but most of the time those guys aren't in the playoffs CJ yeah. McCollum, when he yeah. won Most Improved Player, for example, was averaging six points per game, coming off the bench on a Trailblazers team that was in the playoffs, and then he came out and averaged 20 on a Trailblazers team that was in the playoffs. That's Damn. the jump. So how is Malcolm Brogdon going to go from being the starting shooting guard, average, averaging 16 points per game on 50, 40, 90 shooting, to being the primary ball handler that on a team that isn't going to be as good. Well, they're going to be the three seed in my opinion. Being an, uh, they're going to be uh, well,
0: their three seed while their best players
1: out and okay, that's going to be so the, because so of Miles team, Turner and Malcolm Brogdon. The team is going to be worse.
0: He's still going to be a starting the starting shooting team, guard. The team's going to be worse because, of, in, of, because his, of injury. His efficiency. Because of injury,
1: not because of him. But They're, they're going to stay afloat because of him. Yeah. That's what I argue. But, but part of it is that when you win most improved player, you're making your team a lot better. He switched teams. He did switch teams, right? <laughs> he switched. But, so but it, is he going to make the Pacers a lot better than they were last year? The, pace, I'm just, the I'm Pacers, Pacers without Victor Oladipo, yes. I'm just last saying, year, yes. I'm just saying. Also, it's just but, not comparable because. But 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 part of it is also so. How much better the Pacers going to get, and how much better is he going to get? If last year he was the starting shooting guard on a team that won the most regular season games, and this was based off of last year's regular season and playoffs. So he was a large part of the team winning the most games in the regular season. Then for him to come into a team to put probably average similar to or worse efficiency, probably average the same points per game, maybe slightly more. I, I think this he's gonna average ma- eighteen. Slightly more but that's that's like two point per game increase. Two and a half, and then I think he's gonna average seven. Seven assists?
0: Yes. That that, that that is puts a, that, first of all and, and i mean, think a stretch but yes, then also yes. that, is, that is i'm, I'm buying his, in i'm buying in this already makes no sense to me i just don't see how he can do i'm looking do it. at malcolm brogdon being a pretty average kind of starter in the league who's efficient but he's kind of average and
1: Mark, then, malcolm brogdon was an above average starter last year i would say he, he was, was He an was an above average, average role player he was an above average starter, but he was, he was, he was, he was he an above average was, role player he was, and this year he's like not really
0: gonna be a role player he was
1: one of the best shooters in the nba last year. role player yes role player he also at played great defense. He brought the ball up the court sometimes. He did everything the Bucs needed ball to court. do. He, he averaged three assists per game. I know, but that is not nothing. Like, thir- three, three, three assists per as game a guard? is pretty that's, solid. That's not high but as a, a shooting, guard, shooting guard. Look up, look up, like, if you look at the stats of other... Give like, me another random shooting guard. Like J.J. Redick, who averaged okay. similar <laughs> points per Are game. Are you kidding? Dude, J.J. Redick just doesn't dribble.
0: But the Malcolm Brogdon time, like, it, like, s- plays a significant amount of minutes at point guard. And, but
1: J.J. Reddick and Malcolm Brogdon, their points per game I'll is Evan comparable. Four and okay, Evan Fournier. Okay, let's... Their let's points see. per game is comparable, and they both shot very efficiently from three. 3.6 four- assists. So, like, that's pretty comparable. Okay, so I'm saying, like, kind of
0: like average, uh, like, assist passing-wise. I'm saying he's going to make the jump from being, a ro- like, a role player who can shoot a good role player and all of a sudden in my opinion i think he's gonna have the ball in his hands he's gonna be a creator he's gonna also keep in mind they lost bogdanovich too but bogdanovich kept his team afloat by like averaging like 19 points per game like creating
1: shots if someone's gonna have to fill that role if he averages 19 points per game next season he's not winning most improved player 19 7 but he's not gonna average 7 assists i think he's gonna average 18 and 7 okay if he averages 18 and 7 i'll give you 50 (laughs) dollars Deal. Deal. <laughs> Deal. If Nikola wins the MVP, give me $50. It was 100 <laughs> no. by the way. Was I, it? Did we yeah. already make a bet on Harold <laughs> Brother. Okay. You Do not even remember that? I know. I know we bet 100 bucks or something in one of us said. Yeah. But there's no way. There's no way that Malcolm Brogdon wins most improved player. I will be shocked, blown of the water. There's no chance. And that there's a reason that nobody's picking him because he had way too good of a season last year to win most improved player this year. It just doesn't make sense. They sleep. Okay, give me your number two. OG Ananobi. What? <laughs> it's a weird one. I was cool. I was Is looking Seth through rosters. Year? He averaged eight points per game last year on like 33% shooting from behind the arc, on like 50%, uh, for, uh, 40, 45% from the field. 47. Oh, no, my bad. 45. 45% from yeah. the field. Like thirty. Uh, 33% from three. So... Seven points, three rebounds, less than one assist. This year, he's going to be the starting small forward on the Raptors, who I think are going to be in the playoffs. And so in order for them to remain a super solid team, they're going to have to rely on OG and Anobi to do basically anything. And as long as he averages 12 points per game, five or six rebounds, and two assists... He has a case for Most Improved Player that I think is stronger than Malcolm Brogdon's. I feel like another kind of token that comes with Most
0: Improved Player most of the time Mm -hmm. is that they come out and they're a borderline all-star candidate. They don't make it, but they're like one of the top five players who didn't make it in their conference. I don't know. I I feel like... And that, they, all, they need to like have the ball in their hands, kind of. That's the right? case for some most improved players, but like, most,
1: like like Ryan Anderson, won most improved player. Okay, he's an exception, bro. <laughs> Giannis won most improved player at, in a season where he came out and averaged like sixteen. Like I think that was, he went from like ten to sixteen okay. or some points per game or something. Do okay. like like, you think OG Ananobi is going to average sixteen <clears throat> points per game next year?
0: I don't put it out of the question.
1: I I just I don't see it. He can shoot it. He can attack the rim, he plays solid defense, he grabs boards, basically doesn't have any assists, he turns the ball over too much. So, if he brings that scoring up, because he can catch and shoot, he can hit it from the corners, better than Pascal Siakam can, and if he can play a sort, sort of similar, like, get it to me in the corner and I'll knock it down, he can attack the rim, like, when he finishes inside, he finishes with power. Like, if you look, I was watching OG and Anobi highlights last night, and a lot of his points just come off of, like, dunks where they just, like, drop it off to him. He just takes two dribbles and dunks it. For context, I'm looking at the past years. The only
0: players to average less than, like, 18, I guess, is in the past, like, 15, 20 years Pascal Siakam with 17, uh, Paul George with 17.5, and Ryan Anderson with 16. I'm going down the list here. Yeah, Monte Ellis with sixteen and a half. Boris Diaw. Like, if, if that's your argument that like a Boris Diaw type player with like thirteen points, I, I don't even know if I see like OG averaging like fourteen points per game. Really, like
1: I just don't. I just it's think in the mid two thousands where like often sucked. So it's on a roster that's going to be Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, OG Anunoby, Pascal Siakam, Marcus Saul. I put. I'm I'm betting on on Ananobi averaging twelve to sixteen points per game. Twelve to sixteen. So you're going to say he's going and to be that, the
0: lowest scoring, most imp- most improved player since um, two thousand five or two thousand six, with Boris Dia who averaged thirteen. But if he averaged sixteen, the next lowest would be Ryan Anderson with sixteen point one. Right. So
1: I don't in, in the past. 15 years i just think that it's more about the jump whereas like if he comes out and he plays a really big role on this raptors team being solid not great but solid not having this not necessarily matching the year that pascal siakam had last year but like following the footsteps of that development like i just think that he's got the potential to come out and be a really solid starting small forward that shows a lot of promise next year and people are like okay He's shown a lot of improvement, more so than mild, than Malcolm Brogdon can possibly do because Malcolm Brogdon was too good last year to win Most Improved this year. If I, I just don't, I don't see any guys. I, like I was, I was, I was literally looking through like all kinds of people's lists trying to find Most Improved player candidates. I couldn't find anybody that was bad enough last season, but that was also going to be like starting this season, that had the potential to like put up a lot more points to make the jump and be the most improved. this I just couldn't find people to do it, and I thought that it was Giannobi. I saw his name, and I was like, oh, he's going to be taking Kawhi Leonard's starting small forward spot. Sure, Pascal Siakam won most improved last year, and it'd be kind of weird to give it to this player from the <laughs> same team two years in a row, but like, I just don't see many guys who are going to win it over him. Okay, give me your third. My third, I've got Jason Tatum slash Jalen Brown. That's weird. It is weird. Okay. But I have the Celtics being the three seed in the East next year. I don't even if know if the what Celtics. That's it, weird. Yeah, That's but weird. if Jason Tatum averaged almost 16 points per game next season. So let's say that Jason Tatum, bit of a stretch, but Jason Tatum, in order to make the Celtics the third best team in the Eastern Conference, comes out and averages 22. 22? On better efficiency, fewer turnovers, plays better defense. I mean that sure. is a case for most improved player uh, there right
0: yeah that they, i could did see he him he
1: averaged now in the top now three, he i guess now he averaged basically the same amount of points that malcolm Bragg did last year i see jason tatum having more potential to be more like an all-star level score i see jason tatum having more room for improvement on the defensive end i see him having greater overall potential the same thing for Jalen Brown, where like Jalen Brown averaged 13 points per game last season. And when the Celtics had way too many scores and they didn't know who to give the ball to, Jalen Brown was the guy who sort of fell out in terms of touches. I feel like Jalen Brown is just not even close to the top of my list because
0: I can see Jason Tatum going out and just averaging like 20, <clears throat> 21 or 22 because he, like, we've seen him try to yeah. be that start player. We have not seen Jalen Brown try to be that star player and take but those shots. And I feel like the aggression is just not going to be there
1: at all. For This is going to be Jalen Brown's, I think, fourth season in the NBA. For the first two, like he showed decent promise, but at the same time you wouldn't expect him to average more than 15 points per game. The next two, he had Kyrie Irving on the roster. And, and the one time that he didn't have Kyrie Irving on the roster was the time in the playoffs where like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were making everybody... like go crazy about their potential. So I think that I don't want to put blame on, on on Kyrie Irving. But I think that this year the Celtics are going to figure something out. Brad Stevens is going to figure something out. And these two guys are going to put both put up big enough numbers to make a case for for most Improved player in order for the Celtics to be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They're going to have to. Okay. Kemba is going to average twenty five, but then who's going to be the second scorer? I don't think you just in order to
0: be like a playoff team, you don't need two guys who are averaging like twenty two plus.
1: The Celtics don't have enough scoring now to to not have that. They don't have Terry Rozier off the bench. They don't have one of the Morris brothers. They don't have like like you're going to start like Marcus Smart. Like I guess you still got Gordon Hayward, but like you don't have Al Horford. It's just I, like I, I think. Th- who I think are you like gonna look to? Talent. I don't, I don't know. Enos can't. The, the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are almost like too boring of picks because too many people have them on their lists because they almost seem too obvious. Where they're like third and fourth year players, yeah, who are on teams that are gonna need them to put the ball in the basket a lot and are gonna expect them to put the ball in the basket a lot. They just seem like they're bound to make huge points for game jumps. Yeah, and I, I yeah, that, that's the thing. But like with Jason
0: Tatum, I feel like. The reason sophomore players never win Rookie of the Year is because they're supposed to improve. Yeah. For Jason Tatum, I almost feel like he's supposed to improve because like he's shown like all the skills in the past, and he was a and he's a third year player where like you're supposed to make a very big jump, pretty much. And also, he was a top three. But pick. it almost
1: always goes to a third uh, like a does it third to th- third year player like not almost always but it but it do-
0: often goes to a third year player. And, and I would say he was like a top three pick. I feel like everyone's like, okay,
1: you're supposed to get better. And like, Okay, but think about how much heat the Celtics got last year. Yeah. Think about how much the media was against them last year. For them to turn around and be really good this year, they have the opportunity to surprise people and put up a lot of points per game and get people excited about them again. And that makes them the most improved player. One of them the most improved player. Yeah. That's the argument that I'm making. Okay, fine. I don't necessarily like it, but like, again a safe-ish pick. Yeah. My one sort of bonus guy would be Mark Markel let um, That's like a fourth one that I'm, th- that I'm sort of tagging on there, which is just that hopefully, like at some point this season, he ends up as a starting point guard for the Magic who desperately need a starting point guard. If he does basically anything, the media will go crazy over it. They'll yeah. eat it up. Facts. If he averages 13 points per game, he should be most improved player. Technically, yes. I feel like you're... I feel
0: like consistently you're getting kind of like confined into like this sort of like it's all, it's who has the most net improvement in terms of points per game and assists per game that's which generally is, which what is like, it is that is no, what it no, no, is no, no, no. Like, and like it's efficiency
1: rebounds per game points per game assists per game and defense and that, it's just net improvement in that and that's all no that no, no but r- that's what that like that's, that's what it's supposed that's to like, be at least
0: yes but that's also like saying lebron should win mvp every year that's like If it's the most valuable player, then LeBron should win it almost every year. That's, like, going strictly by the criteria of the award. Typically, we've seen historically that it's players who make a jump, yes, but it's also a jump to where they're, like, very, very impactful on every game.
1: Can... I and think that, and I, I, think, I, I think I just proved I that with like looking
0: of, historically at the points per game. Matters. I think
1: all of the guys on my team will be very impactful. I, that's on why, I think, that's why I think Jason Tatum is... That's why I like your pick of Jason Tatum the best out of your three. But don't you think that Caris Levert... I would argue that Caris Levert could be as or more impactful and, and he, for... He's on my list. He's yeah. on my list. Okay. And I also think that OG Ananobi, in order for this rival team to be solid, he's going to have to make a huge jump. And that's almost why I like,
0: don't like my pick of Bam Adebayo because I could just totally see him averaging like 13 points per game... Like pretty, like yeah, like good, but like, is is he gonna have the league buzzing? And I think
1: that because I think that the most improved improved player gets gets the league buzzing. I think that Malcolm Brogdon also like he is gonna be super impactful for the Pacers, but he was super impactful for the for the Bucks last year, so he won't get the league buzzing. By your criteria, that's the way I see it.
0: I think it's different if he's now a playmaker. Okay. Okay. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. This was pretty. Like I did this in like twenty five seconds yeah I wrote down four guys I was like mm, okay here's the order for the three I'm just gonna say all three one Doc Rivers a very close two, Quinn Schneider and then three Steve Kerr because I think the Warriors will be very good
1: one Mike Malone two Doc <laughs> Rivers three, Bro, you, you love the Nuggets so much I'm, I'm sticking with them, dude yeah. three Brad Mike, Malone, okay. Mike Malone arguably should have been coach of the year last year yeah and so if the yeah. Nuggets are just as good this year give it to Mike Malone yeah if Jokic is MVP next year, give it to Mike Malone. That's I don't know. I just I'm sticking with If sticking Jokic with my wins trend.
0: MVP next year, give the award to Mike Malone. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Mike Malone's not on my list, because I don't think Jokic will, will win MVP next year. Um okay, Doc Doc okay, Rivers. Okay, Doc I mean, Rivers, this is like almost the easy pick because he's a very, very good coach. Uh-huh. And we saw this last year how like the Clippers got into the playoffs. Doc Rivers they,
1: almost won coach of the year last year, too. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I just think if he almost won Coach of the Year last year, and I understand it, it's for a different reason than yeah. like Mike Malone almost did, because Mike Malone had the best record, one of the best records. But I think if Dockers like, every everyone recognizes it, recognizes him as a top five coach. I would yeah. say that's that's pretty true. That's pretty universal. Yeah, yeah. And then you have him being in the top two in the league in wins, or the top three in the league in wins it's a recipe for yeah i don't think i don't think mike is gonna win it because that's no fun that's why that's why greg popovich doesn't win it um i think that just overall the team success and the hype around the clippers and them just like going from a team that dark rivers had an amazing performance last year and they were so low in the conference and now they're at the top of the conference and Mm -hmm. he's still an amazing coach just that's an easy check the box for me. It, yeah. It's almost no. It's almost a boring pick.
1: I'm gonna sort of tag on alongside Doc Rivers, Frank Vogel, um, because I think that if, if yeah, the Lakers, didn't, if I, the Lakers are super good last, ne- next year, like you're predicting, um, Frank Vogel, the LA market coming in as a new guy, leading that team to a lot of wins, that is a coach of the year recipe as well. I think.
0: Yeah, it just seemed a little bit like kind of Steve Kerr-ish in that like, did he really do a lot? Yeah, for like that the Warriors to be good, like, but but Steve Kerr is one coach of the year, right? Yeah. So yes, yeah. So, I mean, fine. I, I don't. I feel like the public might acknowledge, like, they might pull a Ty Lue on him and just be like, oh yeah, like he's not a good coach. LeBron, yeah. like, yeah. Le- LeBron just like carries him. The, I was so close to putting Quinn Schneider. Like,
1: you have him if in I, number I two, right? if, yeah.
0: If I if I did this, in, is he on your list? No. Oh, if I did this in a week, I might switch it. Because I have not been I number think one. Yeah, over Doc Rivers cuz I think the Jazz are going to be the 3 seed. I think people are saying the Jazz are going to be good, but I feel like it hasn't like actually resonated that it like when it happens people are still going to be like, "Whoa." So I feel like yeah. that's going to like be a storyline, like get people buzzing, I guess, for for the Utah Jazz. And cuz like everyone knows that Quinn Snyder is a good coach. Like to, to me, I would I would put him in my top 5 because the reason the Jazz arguably there's been like a bunch of stuff written on this. The reason the Jazz get off to a slow start every year is because Quinn Schneider puts in a boatload of plays, and the team like has to get used to them. And then by game like twenty, then they're there. Yeah, and that's why they always have great second half of the seasons. Mm-hmm. And I would say that just. Like, with a combination of that, and but, like, you have a bit more consistency now because it's not like, oh, we're, we're recovering from Gordon Hayward or whatever. Like, the same team, just bringing Mike Conley, bringing Bogdanovich that fits seamlessly. Just everything's going to work from day one. And it's just, the okay, two things. One, the ball movement's going to be beautiful. I think people are going to be talking about that. Two, defense is going to be top two in the league, which it has been for the past few years. But I just mm-hmm. think it's going to be, like, amazing to the point where it's, like, everyone's like, Oh my God, the jazz. Yeah. <laughs> like they're so good. And, and it's like, also when a team doesn't have like a super, superstar, I think people usually attribute it more to the coach than like
1: a Frank Vogel situation. Okay. You know, I got Brad Stevens is my number three. Um, just cause going back to the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, most improved thing. Um, I think I'm, I think that the Celtics are going to figure out some stuff offensively this year, and if they do, Brad Stevens is going to get a lot of credit for that. Yeah,
0: I'm just as a theme, I'm not as much buying into the Celtics, and I feel like you are. Uh huh. Um, th- I'm like, not I, confident I'm, in it, but yeah, I'm like, but I'm, as, I'm as, like my five it. seed. Okay. I feel like I don't know like if Brad Stevens could like win as a five seed. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, like they've been better in the past. Three is Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr for me. I think that if the war. I tempt. I was close to having him higher, and I feel like if my kind of slightly biased expectations of the Warriors do come to fulfillment, he might win this award. It just I feel like the West is so crazy that like the Warriors could just lose two more games and be the seven seed, and then there's no way he like they're winning it. There's right. no way Steve, Steve Kerr wins it. Sixth man, sixth man of the year. This was this was fun. Also, okay. I'll, I'll give my number one, but here's my deal. Okay. My three is if they were healthy, he would be my sixth man of the year. I just don't think that Lonzo Ball is going to be healthy for the entire year. I think Lonzo, I think Lonzo Ball.
1: Lonzo, wait, is Lonzo Ball going to be the sixth man for Yes. The, yes. No
0: one's talking
1: about that. He's going to be the starting that. point guard. Over Drew Holiday? You start. You, start you bench Lonzo JJ. Ball, Drew, yeah. You bench JJ Redick? Yeah. Or bench Brandon no. Ingram?
0: Nope. There's no way they don't start Lonzo. I, Ball. Yes, there's there's definitely a way. I will be very surprised they don't start Lonzo Ball. I'm I'm pretty sure they're not going to. I'm I'm like almost I think it makes sense for a Pelicans team that like is kind of trying to win. You have Drew Holiday, and you have JJ Redick, two dudes who are like
1: yeah, who average ESPN in past has year. JJ Redick coming off the bench. Okay, but they've Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Derek what Favres. are they basing that off of? I think that the teams have had to sort of like—I don't know if they have had to submit their starting their starting five—but they've sort of made clear what their starting five is as of now.
0: Really? No.
1: I don't know. I, like I would expect that ESPN would know would know what was going on. I it would it seems so silly to me that you would start JJ Redick over to Lonzo Ball because why? JJ Redick you need, like you need Lonzo Ball to develop. It's more important that you get Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball playing minutes with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson than it is that you need JJ Redick to like be knocking down open threes. Lonzo Ball is not going to be the six. Is not going to be the sixth man for this team. He's I, just I, not. I, I, I believe that he is. It's just
0: not. And if he is, then he's my number one. If if there's not, no, then he's my just, number three. The
1: reason that no one has Lonzo Ball as sixth man of the year is because he's not going to be the sixth man. It's way more likely that Lonzo Ball wins Most Improved next season than Sixth Man of the Year.
0: I don't think so i was He's watching the sixth man i don't know man I was, watch, I, was, I, was, I was watching a few things yesterday um typically from espn and a funky diabetic that we're talking about oh yeah like they're gonna start uh drew holiday and jj reddick and lonzo ball is gonna be great off the bench
1: i would be surprised but, if, okay, okay so
0: if that happens i think that lonzo ball could win rookie of the year but he won't because he won't play enough games because he hasn't been healthy in his first two years in the nba All right. that's my kind of theory for alonzo ball so my real number one is derrick rose and that makes me so happy i, I went uh, i went weird with six man of the year i went I very I weird don't,
1: i don't i don't like the derrick rose six Man of the year bet because he, he, he didn't have a good second half he it's like he was so people got so hyped over him winning it last year that i just don't see them getting that hyped over him winning it this year yeah like i just i understand that if you didn't win it last year because of his second half of the season like i don't think he's going to come out and he's going to win it this year i just don't think so they're going to give it to somebody new. And people are are going to get hyped over Derrick Rose every time that he has a great game because he's Derrick Rose. That's just how it's going to work. But I also think they're going to give him an award just because he's Derrick
0: Rose. And also the other thing on on this depth chart, they have Luke Kennard not starting over Bruce Brown. And I just feel like if that's the case, then Luke Kennard's their best bench player. He's better than Derrick Rose. But... So then, how I, is Derrick
1: Rose going to win sixth man? But a I year? I
0: refuse to believe that they're going to bench Luke Kennard.
1: Dude, Derrick Rose is a better player than Luke Kennard at this point in his career. I disagree. Luke Kennard can't play defense. He can knock down an open shot, and that's Luke it. Kennard is going to average like seventeen this year. No, he's not. <laughs> we've, talked, of, we've talked. We yeah, talked about first this of this all, in our first of all, false. But second of all, like he's just very one dimensional at this point in his career. Okay, but anyways,
0: Luke Kennard is going to start. So th- that's my point okay. in saying that like Derrick Rose is definitely going to be their bench, best bench player. And Reggie Jackson is going to, like, suck. So Derrick Rose is going to get, like, a lot of minutes, but probably not start. Okay. And I just think that, like, the Pistons team really needs his, like, shooting and what he provides on offense. And being a decent defender, I think that, like, puts him above most of the field. And also, I really just didn't want to pick Lou Williams.
1: Yeah. I didn't put put Lou Williams in my top three. I was like, I'm just not going to do it. Uh, Number one, I got Damondis Simonis. He's going to start. Dude, he's literally going to (laughs) start. He, most people still have him in no, their, as their no, top. No, the, the,
0: the, the Pacers came out and said, we're like we're going to try to start De, like DeMontis Sabonis and Myles Turner, especially because they just gave uh DeMontis Sabonis,
1: I think, a huge payday. I, I could be wrong. You're right that ESPN has them as starting DeMontis Sabonis. So... I'm going to keep him as my sixth man of the year, number one, if he comes off the bench. Because Demonis yeah, Simonis he, is too good that. to be coming off the bench at any point, at, like, for any team. Um, he's not going to win that. Yeah, I mean, if he were to come off the bench, he'd probably be the best single-best bench player in the league by, like, a pretty sizable margin. Demonis Simonis is way too good to be coming off the bench. He's very 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 good player yeah but he struggles to play next to miles turner apparently we're reason. both like really bad at knowing who is gonna start <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's weird because someone just changed his season yeah. but all right so i'm gonna change then i'm gonna shift up i'm gonna make bogdan bogdanovich my number one from the kings mm-hmm. dude i totally
0: like that pick like I don't know if I like the pick. I like him as a player, just because like I feel like he always goes off for like twenty seven points randomly, and just
1: no one talks about it. Yeah, uh, and he <laughs> had he had an incredible FIBA World Cup. But uh, most likely their starting is gonna be Deer and Fox, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, and Dwayne Dedmon, which means that you've got Bogdan Bogdanovich coming off the bench and lighting teams up. I don't I think so. I don't know like how good he is like consistently. Like I like
0: the talent is so there. He's like such a good shooter but he's also, like, super streaky. Uh,
1: but the way that he played in the FIBA World Cup this year makes me think, like, oh, boy, like, the league is in for this, um, this season because, I mean, he I, led Serbia, I think it was Serbia, right, yeah. to, to to being one of the best teams in the World Cup. He played better than Jokic. Yeah. I, like, he's just he's just so good. <laughs> You're back on it with the Nikola Jokic propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> He averaged 14 last season, Um, 41% from the field, 36% from three. I think that efficiency is skyrocketing. But it's just that, like, anytime he's in the spotlight for the FIBA World Cup, for, For like, that Rising Stars Stars game. game. Yes, that was awesome. Anytime I watched the Kings, the player that stood out to me the most wasn't De'Aaron Fox, wasn't Marvin Bagley, wasn't Buddy Heald. It was Bogdanovich. He would come off the bench, and he is just so dangerous as a scorer he's like he's just the perfect guy to have coming off your bench and lighting teams up especially for this Kings team I like him so much I like him coming off the bench for the Kings so much he's just he's just the perfect six man I don't know I, 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 I guess. want I, I I think hes gonna, just... he's gonna come out. he's gonna average 18 he's if gonna be, he's gonna this... be your he's my Luke Connard for you <laughs> okay I, I feel like when I, when I like, think of top six men, I just don't even, like, he doesn't cross why, my why mind. Why does he not cross people's mind? That's what I don't get. Like, nobody is talking about him as six men of the year. But, like, he's ridiculous. He's so good. I don't know. I I mean, maybe I should have him yeah. as most improved. <laughs> I don't know. I, I uh,
0: yeah, I, I like Bogdan I, Bogdanovich. That's it. Like, he, okay, he averaged, like, a good 14 points per game last year. But, like, he was not in the running like, at all. Right? No,
1: he was not. So you think he's going to like but average seventeen? Part, like part of that was because the Kings sucks. Lou Williams exists, and he's going to average more points per game this year. I don't think the Kings are going to be better this year. Kings are like okay by two the Kings, games. I, I got the Kings making the
0: playoffs this year. Okay. I think. Okay, so I think I did what they like make th- they win like three more games.
1: But but if the Kings are a playoff team, if if the whole team is slightly better and he's averaging more points per game, and like it just makes sense to me in my in my head in my in okay. my imagination and hopes for this NBA season, Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to be averaging 18 points per game <laughs> off the Kings bench <laughs> In your mind. and winning six-man of the year. <laughs> who's your three? Three, I got Spencer Dimwitty. Um Spencer Dinwiddie, he's too good, once again, to be coming off the bench. Like, I don't think so. Uh, again, according to ESPN, I was looking up the depth charts to like, figure out who's six-man of the year. Because there's a lot of guys I feel like they are kind of too good to like, be coming off teams' benches. Spencer Dimwitty is one of those guys where he's a sort of can play the one and two come off the bench he's going to be replacing Kyrie Irving and Karis Levert when they when they're sitting um but I think you're not going to always have this constant rotation where like one one or two of those three guys will be on the court at all times um and so I, I really like the idea of Spencer DeMudi having a huge season off the bench and I just saw it he averaged like 17 points per game last season like yeah. I don't really see any reason why he can't kind of keep up similar numbers except off the bench this year. Um, and he's been in the sixth man of the year conversation in the past. Um, but I just think, like, with the Nets being a better team this year, with the Nets have, like, clearly having Kyrie Irving as a starting point guard, it makes more sense for him to be coming off the bench. And so he's going to be by far the best player on their bench, and he's going to be in the sixth man of the year running. Yeah. Okay. I, I just
0: when like like, you're not, like, wrong. I think he'll be in, in it's, contention. It's so hard I, to, I like, just,
1: pick, pick people who are going to win. I just, I, I look
0: at my guys and I'm like, do they have a better chance in terms of scoring, in terms of usefulness to team, in terms of fan backing? That's another one with Lonzo and Derrick Rose. Um, and I just feel like,
1: are they going to, like, provide more for their team? Maybe, like that's, that's. But there's a there's a difference between fan backing and like voter backing, at the same time. Like, did the voters really care that much if Lonzo Ball wins Sixth Man of the Year? Like, could they buy into it? Sure, but you don't have this sort of craze of like people thinking Lonzo Ball is their biological father, like like they used to. Yeah, I and mean, there's still people who think like that. Like, there's people, people think who like, that Derrick Rose. People sleep their-
0: on Lonzo Ball. If people think that Derrick Rose is their biological father.
1: I respect that one more than I respect Alonzo ball, to be yeah. honest with you. Okay, then that's why Derrick Rose is my number one.
0: <laughs> and also, we'll see if Alonzo comes off the bench. I very much think he will. Uh, all right. i I'm not going to disagree with you because I couldn't tell you whether you're right or wrong. Yeah. But we'll see. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space the Floor NBA Podcast. Let us know in the comments section below of YouTube what your pick was for all these awards. Let us know if you agree with us or if you disagree. Like and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at SpaceTheFloor and on Twitter uh, at Space the floor Podcast and on Twitter at SpaceTheFloor. There we go. And Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for watching. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout out narratives.